Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Western New York race fans, it's time to crank it up. For the next hour, the airwaves belong to you. Sit down, strap in, and let's head to WGR's Fast Track. All right, take a nice big deep breath, buddy. With your host, Dave Buchanan. Good morning, race fans. We are back. Welcome to the 12th season premiere of WGR's Fast Track. I'm Dave Buchanan. Thanks for tuning in. It's great to be back here for the 2018 racing season on WGR Sports Radio 550. As I said, our 12th season on the air. Man, I'm getting old. I'm 35. I'm, you know, just, just, it's amazing that we're, uh, this show's still on the air and they allow me to do this. But, uh, Good morning. It is great to be back, and uh, we'll be back here in our familiar time slot of 11 a.m. each and every Sunday morning from now until Labor Day weekend when the Bills get started again. But we'll be talking racing with you every Sunday morning. Thanks to our new lead-in show, Brayton and Joe D. here uh, leading us in now on Sunday morning, so I enjoy that, having a nice local show to lead us in. They, those two guys do a great job. So they'll be with us every Sunday morning. Listen to them from 9 to 11, and then uh, we'll join you at 11 each and every Sunday to talk racing. For those of you new to the program and maybe never listened before. My name is Dave Buchanan. I've been a part of the WGR staff now since 2004. Don't do as much as I used to do, but uh, still a part of the staff here and been doing this show since 2007. Uh, I also am involved in the local motorsports scene as an announcer and a media relations person for the Lancaster Speedway and also uh, working with the Ransomville Speedway and the Race of Champions Modified Series. So I've been around local racing all my life. I've been a NASCAR fan all my life. And with my involvement here at WGR, I was able to turn that into this program that uh, we've been doing on Sunday mornings now since 2007. Uh, our major topics, we love talking about NASCAR, of course. That's probably the biggest topic we talk about on this program. But we try and cover all forms of motorsports, uh, IndyCar, uh, NHRA, you know, drag racing, uh, Formula One when it comes up. And, of course, we love to cover, cover local racing as well, too. Uh, if you're not aware, Western New York and Southern Ontario has a ton of great uh, local racing venues, tons of great drivers in this area. And we talk about that a lot, too, on this program. A little, obviously, we do it more once the local season starts up. It's obviously not much uh, racing weather outside here this weekend. Once again, what a terrible winter it's been. But as we get closer to late April, early May, that's when the local talk uh, becomes a little more prevalent on this program. But our main focus a lot on this program is NASCAR. So if you're a NASCAR fan, this is perfect for you. If you're a racing fan in general, though, please don't be afraid to uh, tune in and, and join in the conversation. If you want to talk about anything, going on in motorsports, please, you know, uh, give us a call, tweet us, Facebook message us, whatever you want to do. And you can call us at 803-0550-1888-552-550. Those are the phone numbers for you to jump in to talk about anything going on in the world of motorsports. We are on Twitter at Fast Track 550. You can give us a follow, send us some tweets. We'll follow those along with the program. Also, if you're on Facebook too, facebook.com slash WGR Fast Track is our official show Facebook page. We are one like away from 700 likes. I know that's not a lot. 
compared to other Facebook pages out there, but we are uh, one shy of 700, so hopefully you'll be our 700th like on our Fast Track Facebook page. Coming up on the season premiere of Fast Track, things are are wide open here in this open segment. Uh, Lots of time to get your phone calls in, but coming up just after the bottom of the hour, we're going to talk to a guy that gets more airtime than I do on Sundays on this station because he is the color analyst for the Buffalo Bills Radio Network. He was one of the secondary anchors of the great teams of the early 1990s and he is now he is also the director of operations for JTG Doherty Racing. Mark Kelso is going to join us to talk some racing because he is involved with the JTG Doherty Racing team that fields cars in the Cup Series for AJ Allmendinger and Chris Busher. So we'll talk to Mark. We'll get the story of how he got to be involved in NASCAR, in case you're not familiar with uh, how he landed his gig with JTG Doherty. We'll talk to him about that, talk to the team's preparations. They get ready to start the new year with, uh, of course, they are making the switch over from the Chevrolet SS to the Chevrolet Camaro this year. So they got to build a bunch of cars during the offseason. So we'll talk to Mark about that, and I'm, I'm sure we'll toss in a football question or two because, you know, it's Mark Kelso, so you got to ask him at least one football question, right? So Mark's going to join us at the bottom of the hour. Uh, Mark was kind of the, the one... I always have like a list of people I'd love to get on the show that I've never had before, and he was always high in my list last year, and I just never got around to to getting him on the show. So I thought we'd kick off this year with the one I didn't get to last year, and so uh, Mark Kelso will join us at the bottom of the hour. But again, this first segment is wide open. Uh, if you want to get a phone call in, now would be the best time, 803-0551-888-552-550. When we last left you last September, the uh, NASCAR uh, Cup Series season was coming to the regular season was coming down to the wire and it of course was the year of Martin Truex dominating the sport and he had really uh, just dominated the regular season winning a bunch of races and of course more importantly winning a lot of those stages and getting those playoff points as with that new stage format that started last year in the Cup Series. And uh, he and his Cole Chief, Cole Pern, from uh, Canada, of course, up in Ontario, uh, they took advantage of that system, maybe not by design, but whatever they, they did, and also just the strength of their Toyota Camrys there for Furniture Row Racing, they racked up a lot of points and had the regular season championships sewn up well in advance. And they went into the playoffs, and they pretty much did the same thing, and that was win races and run up front, and uh, that put them right into the uh, championship four at Homestead. And he won his first ever uh, NASCAR Cup Series championship last year and the first one ever for Furniture Row Racing, which, of course, is located out in Denver, Colorado, and uh, that team's first championship. So last year was the year of Martin Truex, uh, but we had a lot of other great storylines in the chase, uh, most notably the uh, the battle between the rivalry that developed between Denny Hamlin and Chase Elliott after those two tangled in Martinsville when Hamlin took Chase Elliott out of the lead. And then Chase Connor returned the favor at Phoenix and roughed up Denny as those two were racing for the lead at Phoenix, and that took uh, Denny Hamlin out of making the championship for Homestead. That was a fun story at the end of the year. And just a, a great season. You had Kyle Larson's great year as well, too, but he came up short as uh, that team ran into problems in the later rounds of the playoffs. And he was not able to advance to the Final Four in Homestead, even though he might have been the uh, second-best driver last season uh, on a whole with on-track performance. Uh, he did not get the performance he needed in the uh, chase, or excuse me, the playoffs. I've already made that mistake once. Uh, in the playoffs to make the Final Four. So it wound up being, of course, uh, Keselowski, Harvick, uh, and Truex, and one other driver going for the championship last year, and, and, and Kyle Busch, that was the fourth driver, and uh, of course, uh, Truex holding off Kyle Busch for the championship. Since then, 
the the sport itself, not a lot of changes into the format of the sport. This is the first year in a while we haven't had major format changes. It's uh, the, there's some been some schedule changes, but the the stage formats back this year with no really tweaks to it at all. But this season in NASCAR, this is a this is a new chapter, maybe a a dawning of the new of a new era, or maybe we're in year one year two of this new era, but. This isn't your father's NASCAR, and heck, this isn't even my NASCAR anymore because of this dramatic shift in a younger generation of drivers arriving in the sport. And it's it's been going on now for a couple of seasons, and it's really gonna you're really gonna feel the effects of it this season. I mean, look at the the names that have left the sport now in the last two three years. Jeff Gordon's retired. Tony Stewart. Dale Earnhardt Jr., of course, wrapped up his last season. Carl Edwards, of course, left abruptly last season. Uh, Matt Kenseth doesn't have a ride this season, never retired, but with the the changing dynamics in the sport, the changing business model in the sport, the older drivers that have big money contracts are uh, a thing of the past, and now teams looking to tighten up their budgets, uh, scrambling to find sponsorships, can't afford maybe to pay these higher high money drivers. So Matt Kenseth without a ride this year, and Danica Patrick, who will run the Daytona 500, she will no longer be in NASCAR. So a a vacuum of star power in the sport, drivers with name recognition leaving the sport in the last couple of seasons, and we've got now this young crop of drivers, and it, it goes back now the last two, three seasons with the arrivals of drivers like Kyle Larson, Chase Elliott, the, uh, the D- Austin and, and Ty Dillon, Ryan Blaney, who had a breakout year last year for, um, uh, for the Wood Brothers, of course, and, and making the postseason last year. Eric Jones, who got his Cup Series debut last year driving for Furniture Row Racing, but now he moves over to the, the parent company, Joe Gibbs Racing. He takes the seat, you know, vacated by Matt Kenseth. And, uh, Bubba Wallace driving this year for uh, the King Richard Petty. Eric Almarola jumping over to Stuart Haas Racing. So this influx of young talent. Also, of course, Alex Bowman and William Byron over at Hendrick Motorsports. Alex Bowman jumping into the 88 car this year, filling in for Dale Earnhardt Jr., who driver that hasn't had a regular ride in the Cup Series, but did yeoman's work filling in for Dale Jr. two years ago when he was out with that concussion. And William Byron, who is a young man that has burst on the scene, uh, taking a uh, different route to, to get into the higher levels of NASCAR, cutting his teeth, playing video games, playing iRacing, which is a, a very uh, a simulator-type uh, racing game. He used that to hone his skills before getting behind the wheel of Legends cars, and he has quickly moved up the ladder in NASCAR from the Truck Series to the Xfinity Series, and now he will be driving the 24 car this year. Don't forget Chase Elliott, who had taken over the 24 car for Jeff Gordon the last two years. Uh, they have made a, a number switch over there at Hendrick Motorsports. Same team, but he'll drive the number nine car, of course, in honor of uh, his father, Bill Elliott, who uh, made that number, uh, was made himself famous driving that number in the 1980s and then uh, you know driving that car for Harry Melling. And then he brought back the number nine with uh, Ray Everham in the early 2000s. Uh, Chase is going to run the nine car this year for Hendrick Motorsports, but still the same team. And so the five team of last year, which was with Casey Kane, and the number five has been with Hendrick Motorsports back to their beginning in the 1980s, that's going to become the 24 team this year. So William Byron is going to pick up the torch of Jeff Gordon's legacy, and he'll be in the 24 car this year. And it'll be interesting to see how Byron performs, if he can jump right in and be a player like he has been 
Uh, you know, he quickly challenged for a championship in the Truck Series, uh, going for the Xfinity Series championship last year as well, too. And uh, we'll see if he'll have just an impact early in his uh, NASCAR career as Byron coming off that Xfinity Series championship last year. Uh, we'll see if uh, he can have an impact as well in 2017. But this young group of drivers uh, that is grabbing a lot of attention this offseason and NASCAR putting a lot of uh, marketing and advertising behind this young group of drivers too as well. One of the things that um, NASCAR has said, some of the folks at NASCAR said, is they maybe regret uh, 10, 12 year, 10 or 12 years ago or so that when the likes of Kyle Busch and Brad Keselowski and Joey Logano and this group of not really middle-aged drivers, but drivers in their late 20s, early 30s who are still in this sport, they're going to be stars in this sport and they're they're still going to compete for, for 10 or, you know, they probably maybe have 10, 15 more years left in their career, but they're the established talent now. But NASCAR kind of regrets not doing enough marketing of those guys when they were coming into the sport and they did more marketing on just the the on-track product and, and just the thrill of racing. But maybe they missed out on marketing those guys to a group of fans who were starting to lose some of their favorite drivers in the early 2000s with the unfortunate passing of Dale Earnhardt retirements of guys like Rusty Wallace and Mark Martin and Terry Labonte and Bobby Labonte uh, or, or those drivers, Bill Elliott, or at least those drivers easing into part-time roles before eventually transitioning out of the sport. Maybe they dropped the ball in, in getting fans of those drivers to find new favorite drivers um, in, in like Kyle or Joey or Brad or, or that group that group that maybe made their debut in the, in the mid 2000s uh, they maybe dropped the ball and not marketing them better so that's why NASCAR is paying a lot of attention to this young group of drivers so that fans of Dale Earnhardt Jr. Jeff Gordon Carl Edwards Sony Stewart they can pick up and find new favorite drivers to keep them interested in the sport because that's the challenge with a sport like NASCAR and you see it too like in golf or tennis that you know an individual sport it's not like a home t- uh, football or hockey where you just you you know you have a home team or a favorite team and you're always a fan of that team pretty much no matter who plays for them in an individual sport like this of course you have to you know attach yourself to that one driver and when they retire or are no longer involved in the sport do you stay invested and uh, that's what NASCAR is trying to do right now with this this group of young drivers and trying to get them to uh, latch onto these guys. And uh, that's caused a little bit of uh, consternation out of the veteran drivers, most notably Kyle Busch, who in the uh, NASCAR media tour back in the month of January, a month ago, uh, kind of spoke up and you know said that you know how come all these guys, these young guys that haven't proven a whole lot in the sport. Uh, are getting all this attention and they're not marketing enough to a former champion like Kyle Busch or Kevin Harvick or your reigning champion Martin Truex Jr. Uh, you know, they're, all the attention is being given to these rookies that haven't done a lot in this sport. They've won, maybe won a few races or they've won titles in, in the Xfinity or Truck Series like William Byron or Austin Dillon, but they have very little, if not no, starts in the Cup Series. And uh, NASCAR has given this big push. So so Kyle Busch brought that up, and a couple other of the veteran drivers kind of agreed. Maybe didn't take as strong a stance, but I get it. You know, the you want to market your stars, so why not the guys that are, are performing on the racetrack instead of uh, a group of rookies that, that uh, haven't run a lot of laps in the sport. But it's maybe built this nice little narrative going into this season of the 
young guys versus, and for the lack of a better term, again, because they're not that old, old guys in the sport and kind of maybe putting them at odds or at least trying to make it look like that there's this kind of uh, generation battle right now going on in the sport uh, between the the young guys and, and the older guys. and uh, or Daniel Suarez, another name of that group of young drivers that I didn't mention before, uh, that drives for Joe Gibbs Racing. He took over for Carl Edwards, of course. So that group of young guys versus the old guys. I mean, but when you do look at it, there is still plenty of star power. The the names, if you're not a, a diehard of the sport and follow it weekly, you know, you, you, um, then you might not know some of the big names of the sport. You might still recognize Jimmy Johnson's name. Maybe you know a Kyle Busch or a Brad Keselowski. But there's still plenty of veteran star talent in guys like Kevin Harvick and, and Kyle Busch and Keselowski and Logano. I mean, there's still a good uh, mix. Casey Kane also, even though he'll be... Uh, he out of his Hendrick Motorsports ride driving for Levine Family Racing this year, the number 95 car. Uh, there's still a, a plenty of veteran talent in this sport, but it, it, are, do they still have the name recognition of some of the drivers that have left uh, in the last couple of years? Again, 803-0551-888-550 as we're here on the uh, season debut of WGR's Fast Track here on WGR Sports Radio 550. So I like this narrative of young versus old or, or veteran versus rookie, you know, to, to see how this plays out. And we got a little bit of that maybe with the, the Denny Hamlin, Chase Elliott thing last late last season. And of course, you know, I think a lot of people say this, that the, one of the best things this sport could use is, is good rivalries and just uh, two drivers that really don't like each other. And, you know, they, you know, they get, uh, whether it's, you know, post-race comments or just contact on the racetrack, that drama is good for the sport. And we don't get enough of that, I think. I love the fact that Kyle Busch and Brad Keselowski really don't seem to like each other and uh, make no bones about it when they talk about it in the media or on Twitter or, you know, just give each other a push on the racetrack. I love that. I, I'm glad that Denny and Chase maybe have this rivalry going on. And we need more of that in this sport. And, you know, Kevin Harvick's had disagreements with guys like Brad Keselowski, too. So uh, more of this uh, kind of more of these driver, driver rivalries, whether it's a one-on-one -on -one rivalry or it's a group of the, the young guys versus the old guys. I'm uh, looking forward to seeing how that plays out here this season. Of course, today at Daytona, you've got Daytona Pull Qualifying. That'll be uh, just after 12 noon this afternoon. That'll be on Fox this afternoon. And then coming up later today, we've got race to talk about. We've got the Advanced Auto Parts Clash, the yearly preseason exhibition, you know, the old Bush Clash, Bud Shootout. Uh, now it's the Advanced Auto Parts Clash, and back on Sunday afternoon, that is coming up just after 3 o'clock this afternoon, and that is uh, the various ways for drivers to qualify, winning a poll last year, winning a race, whatever it is, it, it doesn't seem to matter what what the uh, qualification is because it seems like they find a way to get everybody in. But uh, there'll be 17 drivers uh, taking the green. Uh, guys like Dale Jr. were eligible, but obviously he's not uh, racing in it this year. But uh, Austin Dillon is going to be on the pole for that race today. That was done by a random draw. So it will be uh, Austin Dillon on the pole for today's clash. Uh, that'll just be fun to watch cars racing again. You know, get you get wet the appetite for next Sunday's Daytona 500. The pole qualifying. Uh, one of the things I'll be looking for is if we get the old uh, wink and a nod and give the uh, the the hot rookie the big storyline the pole position for the Daytona 500. While it's never been proven, it there always seems to be this little bit of 
conspiracy theory about Daytona 500 qualifying that sometimes they need that that good storyline going into the race so maybe they get the the better restrictor plate in qualifying and this is going on for years it just always seems like coincidence that the hot rookie or the driver that's got the good storyline gets the pull position for the Daytona 500 you know it goes way back to to 94 and Loyal and Junior and his first Daytona 500 winning the pull Mike Skinner in 97 winning the pull for his uh, first Daytona 500, Danica Patrick, Chase Elliott, you know, uh, uh, Jeff Gordon in his final Daytona 500 start won the pole that year. So, all, uh, you know, Austin Dillon, his first time in the three car in the Cup Series, won the pole for the Daytona 500. It, maybe it's coincidence or it's conspiracy. Who knows? I, I you know, uh, I don't usually go for these NASCAR black helicopter theories that a lot of fans have, but this one I, I, I always put a little bit of stock in. So, I will say it now, and he was fastest in the final practice session yesterday, too, that William Byron is going to win the poll for the Daytona 500. I almost want to say uh, mark it down. I think that's almost going to happen. And and just to, to continue that tradition of the the big rookie driver, the big one of the big storylines coming to the season, winning the poll for the Daytona 500, Byron, William Byron will win the poll. The other possibility could be Chase Elliott winning the poll for the third straight year, as he did win it last year, too. Uh, backing up his uh, rookie performance two years ago. That'll be interesting to see Elliott get his third straight pull, but he is kind of leading this group of young drivers. I think Chase is going to pick up a lot of Dale Jr. fans uh, because of the name recognition and everything, and I think that whole Denny Hamlin thing last year gained him a whole lot of fans. So I think Elliott is is kind of the, the leading face of this group of, of young talent, him and Kyle Larson, of course. But, uh, of course, the biggest thing for Chase Elliott right now is getting that first win. He's got seven, eight, you know, second-place finishes in his Cup Series career, but doesn't have a win yet in the Cup Series. And once he does that, I think the wins will come a, a lot quicker for him. But uh, how soon is uh, is Chase going to, to go here this season with, without winning a race in the Cup Series? Hopefully he gets that out of the way early. And, and gets on the board early with the win, but uh, that is the one thing, the one kind of hill right now for Chase Elliott to get over in his career is just getting that first Cup Series win. Uh, the kid has shown the talent; uh, he's got the the lineage, of course. But you know, he's been winning late model races since he was a, a teenager, and uh, he's had success in the, the Xfinity Series. And now he'll just need to get that first Cup win. And uh, I'm think it'll be a really good season for him and uh, maybe he'll get his third straight Daytona 500 pole uh, of uh, of his career here uh, today later today in pole qualifying and then of course the clash this afternoon and then Thursday we've got the duels and then the uh, trucks on Friday the Xfinity series on Saturday and the Daytona 500 one week from today worth pointing out uh, next Sunday, uh, as you per, per, uh, plan your Daytona 500 Sunday, your Daytona Day, if you are if you're familiar with the advertising campaign, we're actually going to be on an hour earlier next Sunday. We're going to be on from 10 to 11 next Sunday, as uh, Sal Capaccio has taken our, our time slot. He's going to be live from Batavia Downs uh, next Sunday from 11 to 1:30, I believe. So we're on at 10 actually. So adjust your plans accordingly as you uh, get ready for the Daytona 500 next Sunday here on WGR. And we'll have the race on right after Sal is done at 1.30. Uh, we'll have live flag-to-flag coverage of the Great American Race, the Daytona 500, and, uh, of course, uh, courtesy of the Motor Racing Network. When we come back, we'll take more of your phone calls, 803-0551-888-552-550. And Mark Kelso is going to join us, the former Buffalo Bill, current Bill's Radio Network Analyst, and the direct, director of operations from JTG Doherty Racing. 
That's coming up next here on Fast Track on WGR. This is Kyle Busch driving the number 18 M&M's Toyota. You're listening to WGR Sports Radio 550. 11.32 here on WGR Sports Radio 550. Dave Buchanan and WGR's Fast Track making our 2018 season premiere here on the station. Good to be back for another season talking racing with you each and every Sunday morning here on WGR Sports Radio 550. Uh, 803-0551, 888-552-550. Of course, one of the great traditions a tradition unlike any other, as uh, Jim Nance would say, that goes along with this program is our yearly Fast Track Fantasy League. And, uh, well, we had to scramble to to set up the Fantasy League this year. We had been doing it on FoxSports.com for the last couple of years, but they uh, killed off their fantasy racing game. We used to do it on Yahoo, but Yahoo... Deep Six, their fantasy racing game. So with every with all these sites not doing fantasy racing, we had to scramble. So my options were do the NASCAR.com game or uh, this website called FantasyRacingCheatSheet.com. Uh, they have uh, decided to uh, create their own fantasy racing game similar to the Yahoo game, where you you know you pick a roster of drivers. There's different tiers of drivers based on how good they are and you can only use a driver so many times so instead of going with nascar.com's game i'm going to go with the we're going with fantasy racing if you want to sign up go to fantasy racing create an entry uh go to join a private league and search for uh wgr fast track and the password is wgr 550 with wgr in lowercase uh if you need me to explain that slower if you want to just read it uh you can go to our uh, my twitter page at fast track 550 or the wgr fast track uh, facebook page and the sign up link is pinned at the top of both pages and i'll repeat it again later on in the hour but fantasy racing is where we're going to do the fast track uh, fantasy racing league for this season uh, we've got uh, 16 folks signed up. I know it's a little bit slow with the new website, so uh, hopefully you get signed up before next Sunday's Day 2500. And yes, Paul Hamilton did beat me last year again in fantasy racing, and he loves to crow about that because you know he pretends he doesn't know anything. But I- I'm sure he's at home with just notebooks of uh, NASCAR information. <laughs> Let's go to the uh, hotline and bring in a gentleman you hear all almost every Sunday. You hear him every Sunday during football season. But since it's even though it's after football season, we're going to hear from him again. He is uh, Buffalo Bills radio network analyst, former Buffalo Bills great from the 1990s. Mark Kelso joins us on the line, and he's also the director of racing operations for JTG Doherty Racing. Mark, it's Dave Buchanan. Good morning. Great to talk to you. Hey, great to talk to you guys. How are you doing on a Sunday morning here? Well, I, I don't know. Uh, you're missing football, I'm sure, with uh, the NFL season in the books, but we've got uh, racing at Daytona today, so I'm really excited here this morning, Mark, and uh, I'm sure it's a, a big day for the folks at JTG Doherty Racing with uh, a chance to start on the pull for the Daytona 500 later today coming up. Yeah, it, it's a great opportunity for A.J. Allmendinger and Chris and those guys will be driving. I mean, AJ will be driving the '47 Kroger Clickless Chevy Camaro, and and Chris is driving the Kleenex Chevrolet Camaro. So they they'll qualify at 12:15 today, and and uh, hopefully things will go well. Real quick for the fans that don't know, of course, JTG uh, Doherty Racing, co-owned by Tad and Jody Geschechter, along with former NBA player and ESPN analyst Brad Doherty. But how did you wind up working there with the JTG Doherty Racing team? How did I end up there? Yes. Yeah, well, I mean, Tad and I, Tad Geschichter and I have a relationship from college. We were roommates in college, and 
he was a William and Mary baseball player and, and of course I played football there and, and uh, just have kept a really strong friendship over the years. So I, I had been down, I had done some things for him over the years and uh, and then after after football he had, he was interested in me coming down and trying to help help them with the race team and, and uh, I just had too much of an affection for Buffalo and wanting to be here and plant some roots here so we we stayed here but uh, as the kids got older and you have an opportunity to go back and forth a little bit and, and help any way you can then uh, we took that opportunity a couple of years ago to go back down and and uh, see what we could do to, to help out the situation and and uh, try to do whatever ever is needed to to just help the help the race team and and help the whole program to move forward. What is what when you go to work for the team? What are what are some of your daily duties? What do you do uh, for the team uh, on a week to week basis? Well, there's just I mean, there's a lot of operational things and, and leadership models and and all kinds of different things that we needed to put in place just so. To use one of Coach McDermott's analogies, it's a process, and, <laughs> and racing is really a process. And and then putting the right people in place, I think, is very important too. And and uh, and when I went down, they, we didn't really have a competition director. Then you hire a competition director who mm-hmm. now can oversee the entire race team, and Ernie Cope does that, and and uh, does a terrific job doing that. And now somebody can take care of all those racing components. That someone that really understands racing, and and uh, you can just kind of make sure that that uh, any support that they need from, from a leadership perspective or an organizational perspective or making sure you get guys uh, on the same page and working together, that you can provide that support as well. Of course, uh, JTD Jordy has a technical alliance, alliance with Richard Childress Racing, and I'm sure it was a busy off, uh, busy off season. Of course, uh, you guys had to turn all your cars over from the, the Chevrolet SS into the, the Chevrolet Camaro for this year. Uh, how did that process go this off season, building all those new cars? Yeah, it, it was quite a process. There's no question about that. There was a lot of, as they call it in the racing business, thrashing in the back to make sure you got <laughs> everything ready. And the and the tolerances are so. I mean, some of the tolerances are twenty thousandths, one fiftieth of an inch. And mm-hmm. So it's really, really difficult. I think uh, there there was a process that NASCAR went through as well with this uh, new monitoring system to make sure that they're trying to create a level playing field and, sure. and make sure they're not creating too much work for any of the teams at, at the. In the, in the same vein and, and making sure they create a, a competitive competitive level here so that it's a level playing field and, and nobody has a real competitive advantage going into the race. Put more in the hands of the race car drivers and, and what goes on with, with the adjustments during the race as opposed to the way the car shows up on the track. Of course, uh, the state, we have the stage formats back this year. Not a lot of changes to the the on-track rules, but a lot of changes to the rules, especially on pit road. And Mark, how much were you involved uh, adjusting to these new rules? You had to have, you have to put together now these crew rosters for every event. You can have only so many uh, men and women on the team assigned to certain roles. Uh, Now they're even putting, you know, numbers on on the crew uniforms and only five men over, over the wall this year. Uh, How much work was put, uh, how much attention was, was that taken up this off season, having to adjust to those rules as well? Yeah, and I, and I don't really need to get involved in that. I mean, we have a pit crew coach in, in Gary Smith, and he really takes care of that whole whole initiative. But but it, it really required a big change and a big adjustment for those pit crews by removing one of those guys from the system, and and uh, that that was a difficult adjustment. I mean, there's some new some new pit equipment that's, uh, that's going to be required as well, and and that's going to be an adjustment. Just have to see how that opens up here at Daytona and. 
and how it continues to unfold as the as the season begins. Talking to Mark Kelso, former Buffalo Bill, and now works for JTG Doherty Racing. Mark, last year was JTG's first year with as a two car operation with AJ Allmendinger and Chris Busher. How did you evaluate the the combined performance of the two teams last season in, in the first year as a two car operation? Well, I mean, we had some growing pains. There's no question about that. But uh, I thought the guys handled it really well, and and I, I think AJ, for one, is is glad to have somebody that he can race with on on game day and be out there that someone that's a friend as opposed to a foe when he's out there on the racetrack. And I think they re- developed a really good synergy together. And, and, and Chris is a, a really good young driver and, and, uh, and, and a real calm presence in the car. And I think he brings some of that to AJ. And then AJ's got, and he's got a real competitive drive that, that he, can, uh, he can bring some of that, uh, that aspect of his, his uh, racing component to, to Chris. So I think they complement each other really well. Uh, they get along really well, and and uh, and they. Uh, Chris built cars before. I mean, mm-hmm. in the truck series, he he built the trucks and then drove them on the weekend. So really understands the vehicle as well, and and uh, can share some of that knowledge with AJ and and uh, as they talk through adjustments that they want, might want to make to improve performance. So I think it's been a really good, really good transition to to two teams, and and Chris has been. Just a, a welcome addition to the team, and, and again, I think uh, I think AJ appreciates them, and and uh, I think this year you'll see even better things for this year. What are some of the goals for for each of the forty seven and the thirty seven team? Uh, it's been you know two thousand fourteen since AJ's last win at Watkins Glen, it, it, and wins are so important with making the playoffs. Is making the playoffs the ultimate goal? Is it top fifteen, top twenty in points? What are some of the goals you guys have set for this season? Yeah, I mean, making the playoffs is is what you really want to do, mm-hmm. and and where you want to be, and you want to be able to race consistently in the top twenty, and and uh, you you want to have an opportunity to win some races. There's so many so many variances and nuances that occur throughout the course of a race. You just you, you can never say, even though you might be a favorite in a particular race, or you might feel like you have a really good opportunity if you sit on the pole. But there's so many things that can happen during the race that they can just change the outcome. Uh, in a split second. So you you want to have some opportunities to finish in the top five a number of times. I think there's a number of races there that, uh, that that both AJ and Chris feel like they're really confident. They enjoy the racetracks, and, and if the car is good that week, they feel like they would have an opportunity to win. So certainly a couple wins under your belt, and and uh, but to be in the playoffs at the end is where you really want to be because that tells you that you maintain some consistency throughout the course of the season. Mark, last racing question for you. How often do you get to the track? Uh, how, how many weeks out of the season do you go on the road with the team? Yeah, probably. I, I don't have that whole schedule yet, but probably only about 10. So I, I don't have any race day, any real race day uh, responsibilities sure. in that regard. I mean, I have some, some hospitality when we're taking care of our sponsors that mm-hmm. are there, and, and Kroger has increased sponsorship this year with, with the team Kroger click list cars. And, uh, and anytime. A lot of those people were there, or a lot of our guests from from some of our other partners, like Kimberly Clark and Bush's Beans. Mm. It's uh, it's important to be there to to take care of them and and uh, and show them around the racetrack. And, and and there's a lot of a lot of football analogies you can draw with racing, and, and yeah. have an opportunity to take some of those clients and and some of their partners as well, and, and show them around the racetrack through the garage in the pits prior to the race, and and uh, during during the race as well up on up on the pit box because it's, it's a unique perspective. Not my favorite place to watch races. <laughs> Quite frankly, you can't see a whole lot. <laughs> 
but uh, but if you have some monitors there, you're able to see some things. But but it is an exciting thing to be able to participate in because the the pit crew is right there, and and that's just that's an exciting 12 seconds or 11 seconds yeah. that takes place during the race that becomes a critical component of a of a good performance on race day. It's interesting the number of of NFL players that have gotten involved in racing, whether during or after their careers. You know, Joe Gibbs, Jim Kelly co-owned a team. Dan Marino, uh, Walter Payton was big into racing before he passed away. Terry Bradshaw, Roger Staubach. It's funny the amount of, of NFL guys that like to get involved in, in motorsports after their careers. Well, it, it's exciting, and it really is exhilarating. I mean, you just get down in the pits one time, and, and you realize how exciting it is, and you realize all the small nuances that, that occur that create the opportunity for a good performance or, or unfortunately, would depreciate your opportunity to, to win a race or finish in a, in a top spot. I mean, there are so many little critical pieces, much like an NFL game, and we talk about I would talk to the guys all the time about how the NFL is all about a game of inches, and mm-hmm. and uh, in NASCAR it's all a game. It's it's a game of uh, quarters of an inch or sixteenths of an inch because it's just if if the center of gravity is too high, or if uh, if your roll center is not in the right spot. I mean, there's all kinds of just really small details that if if you miss the mark on those details, you're not going to be able to perform like you'd like to on race day. Mark, last thing before we let you go, a uh, football question. What did you think of uh, the Super Bowl last week and the win by the Philadelphia Eagles? Uh, regardless of the outcome, that was one heck of an entertaining football game last Sunday. Yeah, without question. Uh, re- extremely entertaining, and, and guys played really hard, and there were a lot of great plays. And I, I mean, my criteria for a game that, honestly, I don't, I don't, really, I don't have a, a vested interest mm-hmm. in it. So if I don't have a vested interest in it, I, I want to see it come down to the very end, and I want to see a the game won on a really good play, and that's exactly what happened. I mean, nobody made a mistake. They, uh, it was Graham, I think, that came in and, and dislodged the football from, from Brady that, that uh, created the turnover mm-hmm. that enabled the, the Eagles to win. So just a really entertaining game. Thought guys guys played really well on both sides of the football, and, and some guys made some great plays. I mean, yeah. once in a while a guy gets beat, but that's I mean, you're playing against great opponents on the other side as well. So you're going to uh, you're not going to win every battle, but it was just great to see it go up and down the field and come down to, to virtually the last last series. Well, Mark, enjoy the football off season, but now get to work with, with uh, the folks from JTG Doherty Racing. Thank you so much for the time this morning, and good luck to the forty seven and thirty seven teams this year on the Cup Series. Yeah, I appreciate that, and, and stay tuned at noon. I think there's going to be a big announcement about a sweepstakes that we're going to be running during the race as well. So. So have people look at some uh, some of the digital and social channels to, to check that out because they'll want to participate in that. Very good. That'll be uh, on Twitter at JTG uh, Racing. Mark, thanks so, thanks so much for the time. We'll talk to you again soon. Great, guys. Have a good day. All right. Mark Kelso from JTG Doherty Racing and the Buffalo Bills Radio Network. And good to catch up with him and just learn a little bit more about what he does with uh, the folks from JTG Doherty. When we get back, we'll uh, wrap up this premiere edition of Fast Track for 2018. Squeeze in a, one more phone call, 803-0551-888-552-550. We wrap up Fast Track here on WGR. Your defending Cup Series champion, Martin Shurex Jr., solo operation once again for Furniture Row Racing as they uh, shut down, at least for this year, the 77 team that Eric Jones drove last year as he moves back to Joe Gibbs Racing, taking over the 20 car this year. 
Final segment here of WGR's Fast Track. I'm Dave Buchanan. Uh, NHRA kicks off their season this weekend. They're in Pomona, of course, for the traditional Winter Nationals to kick off the 2018 season for the Mellow Yellow Drag Racing Series and uh, record-setting qualifying effort for Clay Milliken and Top Fuel, a new ET record, 3.628 seconds on the 1,000-foot drag strip. He is your uh, number one qualifier in Top Fuel. Matt Hagen is the funny car top qualifier, and Vincent Nobile, uh, number one qualifier in Pro Stock for the Winter Nationals. Eliminations coming up today. Uh, that should be on uh, Fox or Fox Sports 1 uh, this afternoon. And uh, By the way, excited to see that. Uh, of course, I love talking about the four wide nationals in Charlotte. Uh, NHRA has actually added another four-wide track. Las Vegas has gone to the four-wide for their drag strip, so they'll have a four-wide race later this year. Uh, of course, Brittany Force, the reigning top fuel champion. Her uh, dad, of course, John Force, and over in uh, Funny Car, Robert Height, the defending uh, Funny Car champion, will def- be defending their titles in 2018. Of course, down in Speed Weeks, not just the action over at Daytona. Lots of short track racing, uh, both on pavement and dirt. On dirt, of course, over at Volusia. They've already gotten fired up. The World of Outlaws got their season started last night. Donnie Schatz got the win. Uh, the guys from up here, the Super Dirt Car Series, Big Block Modifieds, they'll be headed down. They'll be in action later this week. That's all on Dirt Vision. Uh, the pavement guys, uh, some local drivers, Patrick Emmerling, Chuck Hosfeld, have gone down to run Modifieds. Uh, at the World Series of Short Track Racing at New Smyrna. Also, uh, Dave Russell and Dave Regan took their late models down there. There was a modified race yesterday down in Bronson, Florida. Matt Hirschman picked up the win in a 50-lap event, kind of a tune-up for the racing over at New Smyrna. Uh, Ryan Priest had a real scary crash uh, when the throttle stuck, and he literally put it over the fence in turn one, like out of the park, when uh, his throttle stuck, and he went up and over over the wall. Scary video footage if you've seen it on, on Twitter. Uh, Ryan, of course, going to be back in an Xfinity car for Joe Gibbs Racing later this year. The indoor racing season wrapping up last night in Albany with the TQ Midgets, their series of indoor races, and Andy Jankowiak picking up the win. The Tonawanda driver winning the TQ feature last night at Albany. Uh, good to see him win one. Uh, another great showing for the Western New York contingent. Uh, Scott Cruder, uh, the Nye brothers, Tim and, and Sean and Andy, uh, Jonathan Reed, um, that uh, follow these uh, TQ midget races. But Andy J got the win. Scott Cruder won a race at Allentown earlier this winter. So, uh, as always, uh, love to see the performance of the Western New York uh, TQ midget drivers. But uh, Justin Bonsignor uh, outdueled another Western New York driver, Eric Rudolph, for the uh, Indoor Series Championship this winter, the NASCAR Modified driver that uh, does some TQ midget racing uh, during the offseason. Uh, for local racing news from the offseason, it, it's been quiet minus one major storyline and that is the future of the holland speedway which of course has been put up for sale by the bennett family although they're just looking to sell it to someone that will continue to operate the facility as a racetrack uh there are rumors of a sale close but uh no concrete news but uh regardless holland will open this season whether it's under the leadership of the bennett family or a new owner remains to be seen uh, but all the other tracks, uh, actually, well, actually, take that back, not all the other tracks. Little Valley Speedway will not be open this year. Uh, down on the, the Cattaraugus County Fairgrounds that, that runs a partial season, they will not operate in 2018, unfortunately, uh, due to uh, their dealings with uh, the ownership of the, the leadership of the track and the fair down there and uh, noise complaints from the neighborhood and just some bad luck with weather the last few seasons, which really uh, hurt the momentum of their racing shows. So a little Valley will not be on operation, fortunately, for 2018. But uh, all the other tracks will be open in the area for Western New York and Southern Ontario. 
and uh, we'll be following all that. And uh, some really ex- exciting shows coming up this year, uh, including a big show July 14th at the Jucasa Motor Speedway over in Canada near Hamilton, the former Cayuga Speedway. Uh, the Race of Champions Modified Series and Isma Super Modifieds will have a dual show there in July. They've also got a big $25,000 to win late model race coming up Labor Day weekend. Uh, that should be uh, glad to see that facility open once again and going to put on some big shows. Uh, any Anything helps this area when a new track opens or gets some new lifeblood. That obviously uh, is a big deal. So uh, we, uh, of course, talked to Alex Nagy, their uh, track general manager last season, and I'm sure we'll have more to talk about Jucasa Motor Speedway and uh, all the other tracks in the area, your Lancasters and Ransomvilles and Wyoming counties and Merrittvilles and Humberstones. Uh, we'll be talking about the entire local racing scene throughout the year here on Fast Track. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, again, we'll be on at 10 a.m. next week, an hour earlier, to make room for Sal, who's going to be live from Batavia Downs next Sunday. So uh, start your Daytona day a little bit earlier next Sunday, 10 a.m. We'll be back here on WGR Sports Radio 550. Be sure to sign up for the Fantasy League. Again, uh, I've pinned the tweet and pinned the post on the top of our Facebook page for the sign-up information, and uh, hopefully you'll play along with us here in 2018. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next Sunday here on WGR. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion.